Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's going on? This is Talking Tactics. I am Daniel to look. I am half to that hope mantra. Live from the stay as black as a black, 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 and black, black, the black, black, black. Yes, and we're here. We're in. We're ready to make this popping off and down. <laughs> okay, CB4. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you did you do the reference, man. Nice. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, we do this every Tuesday, although I have a slight suspicion that uh, if this presidential debate goes bad, there might not be a next Tuesday. We, we we pray and hope. Talking Tactics Podcast. Um, man, you guys know where my loyalties lie in terms of, of football. Yes, and, we, yes you've, you've, you've made that very clear on, okay. on you, you biased piece of... Yes, okay. And I don't want to make this into a Chelsea podcast. I really don't. And I've tried to avoid most Chelsea topics, like just talking points, except for maybe last week or maybe two weeks ago, I got, got a bit, you know, Chelsea heavy. Yeah. But... There's no other place to start, I don't think. Oh, um, no, 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 you have to. I mean, it's, look, you have to. <laughs> it has to be started there, 100%. So, yeah, this isn't bias. This is just uh, respected or respectable journalism or podcasting, I suppose. Look, Arsenal ran rampant 3-0 in the first half. Could it was have been... a lubrication, man. First, it was a first-half circumcision. <laughs> I mean, it should have been 4 Five nil at the end of the game. Maybe Chelsea deserved a goal uh, in one know, of their I actions, think, but yeah, I mean, I think you know it was it was the right scoreline. I'd say. I mean, from my point of view, obviously, because you're going to speak more specifically about this because you obviously aid more into the whole Chelsea thing. But Tim Cahill, I don't want Gary, to Gary, 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 oh my Gary. Tim, Tim Cahill's in Australia. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, so basically, Gary Jeremiah Cahill. Like, I don't want to toot my own horn, but. This I was saying this from the start of the season. I said that this dude defensively is going to be a problem for Antonio Conte. Antonio Conte, as good as he is, he needs quality defenders because his strategy and his strength is based on having a great defense, which he had at Juventus and which he had for Italy. So if you're... And, and, and what shocks me the most 
and I'm sure you will agree with this. What shocks me the most is that you really believed that you could get away with Dabby Lewis and Gary Cahill in central defense? Well, see, <laughs> David Lewis to me isn't a problem. As far as football goes, he's not the greatest center back. He's not, you shouldn't confuse him for Maldini or John Terry or any list of, you know, venerable center backs that we've had in our game. But he's not horrible. You know what I mean? He's a great footballer. He's oh, no, very, very good footballer. Yeah, he's very right. much uh, like Marcelo in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where he's so good at football, you have to play him. And it just so happens his position is center back. So you shoehorn him in the team. If you could play him at center mid, that'd be great, but he hasn't been conditioned over the course of his career to play center midfield. So that's a big shame. A a, a huge shame. It is because, and like Conte could put him in midfield, but he's not conditioned. Like playing midfield and playing center back are two completely different animals. Like you need more legs, you need the stamina, and then you you need the. Uh, not not that Devin Luiz doesn't have the football intelligence, but you need a different brain to play in midfield than you do at center back. But yeah. that being said, when you put him alongside Gary Cahill, <laughs> that that's that's when the issue comes because I think Gary Cahill doesn't trust where David Luiz will be. Where where John Terry, you know exactly what you're going to get from John Terry. He's going to be in the right place at the right time, yeah. probably 95 times out of 100. And Gary Cahill has that trust factor. When you have Louise next to you and he's kind of more of a wild card and he could bomb forward, he's going to be trying long passes. You, you don't necessarily know the weight of his pass yet. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it comes. So the timing when you want to trap a ball becomes a bit different. And we've seen, I think, what is this, four, four, three or four games in a row? He did it against Liverpool. He did it against Swansea. He did it against Leicester. Wait, wait, did you, wait, wait. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, wait, what did he do against Liverpool? I mean, Liverpool, it was more... Wait a minute. The action against Liverpool was the clearance that he had that yeah, went the to the Henderson. It was the same exact thing with Swansea that he did with um, Arsenal. No, I and, mean, and I mean, he did it against Leicester as well. I don't think Chelsea were punished, but he's done it in three, in mm. two straight Premier League games and once in the in the League Cup. You can't make those mistakes. I'm sorry, man. Like, it, for a Premiership central defender, you can't be... You can't make, you it's can't embarrassing, man. make those mistakes. You said it. I don't know how many weeks ago, but I remember in one of the clips that we chopped up for uh, hmm. for the Twitter page, you were like, Gary Cahill is in the Conte defender, man. And I was just like, yeah, like <laughs> there's no argument against it because hmm. Conte wants defensive so- solidarity, but he also wants players who are more than one-dimensional. You know what I mean? So Chiellini, yeah. he, he used to be a left-back in his early days, so he has – you know, a different set of skills. Bonucci is the best ball-playing center back maybe in the world. Maybe Max mm. Hummels could argue, possibly David Luiz, but it's Bonucci. And Barzagli is just a – he's a tank. <laughs> so, <laughs> but Cahill is neither of those things. No, 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 basically, for so, me, I think really Cahill is like – he's a mid-table defender. Yeah, he's not if, a defender that you play in a top-four team or in an international team. He's, he he just isn't up to that standard. I mean, yeah, like, if, there are certain central defenders that these guys for 90 minutes are going to be sublime. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you had to pick a team for Gary Cahill, who would you put him on? Maybe Everton? Um, so yeah, basically, something like, like, yeah, no, you know, Everton, Palace, hmm. or even, like, you know what, Tottenham. Tottenham wouldn't take him. They have Vertonghen and Alderweireld, but I, I see your point. No, no, but that's like, <laughs> that's like his max level. Yeah. Where, you know, a team that is like teetering on that top four, but not really quite 
elite. So just basically, just like like a tier two kind of thing, not like a tier one. So that's like the maximum. But really, a Palace and Everton really is his, is, is really his standard, you know. Yeah. He's, so, well, I was just gonna say. So w- without his mistake, I'm not sure Arsenal score two goals that quickly. I think the game probably gets a bit more settled down. I mean, and, but the second goal was that his fault? Second goal. My point was that if Cahill doesn't make the mistake for the first goal, mm. it doesn't it doesn't spark Arsenal in the way that it oh, yeah, oh yeah 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 yeah. So true. then so so then maybe that second action wouldn't have come. If you look yeah, at the yeah, second yeah. goal, he did rush out to kind of stop the ball, mm. and and that left space. But I'm not sure what else he could have done because that move was just fantastic. Um, and the third goal, I mean, that was brilliant. Ozo's movement was great, and then his finish. I mean, very good finish. Because people say that he mishit it. He did, I was, but I mean, who cares? Like no, 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 it went no, in. Like know, you know what? He didn't mishit it. You think he purposely kicked it into the ground? No, no. Because trust me, I've see, I've done that before in the match. Where like you know that you're not almost like you know as soon as the ball is coming, you know that man. I'm not gonna have a clean strike. So what are you gonna do? Even if it's a very hard skill. I have to now try and somehow hit it into the ground and make sure that by hitting it into the, the ground, I can find a nice angle to get it past the player. Because you know that as soon as the ball is coming in, you know that I'm not getting a clean strike on this. So I'm going to have to hit it into, into the ground. If you mishit it, you mishit it, you know. Yeah. For, for for a mishit to be that accurate, that's a, that's a hell of a, of a mishit, you know. So Well, I mean, if, if you think about, uh, there was a goal last season that Shakiri had mm. that, that was kind of similar where he beat, I think it was Tim Howard. And it was a mishit. <laughs> it was a total yeah. mishit. But the time that Mesut Ozil had to think about what he was going to do, a player of his quality and his kind of intelligence, maybe he had the time to think, no, I'm no, going to hit this because in the ground. Also, if this was like what's what was it called like Borrello or some road player, then yeah, <laughs> it's a mistake. He gets the benefit of the doubt because he's missing. Yeah. I wanted to touch on Antonio Conte. Um, is he going to get a sack? <laughs> Look, don't laugh, man. Abramovich is crazy, man. So don't. This is this is not funny, man. I didn't crack a joke. So okay, no, no. Look, Jose Mourinho last season, he came off a season of winning the league, mm. and he only got till December with bad results. Wait, wait. But Daniel, that was really bad. They were yeah, in the yes, 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 yes. zone. I understand. I understand this. Okay. Right, but Chelsea, sorry, no, I mean, Chelsea yeah. are, I think they're eighth right now. I yeah. mean, one, one more bad loss and they could be in the second half of the table. So, I mean, it is what it is. My point is, does this signal a deeper problem with Chelsea? Because people thought it was a mute. You even thought you know it's it was a mutiny against Mourinho. Mm. The players quit. What he did with the doctor. What he did with um just kind of sparking little incidents, mm. whether it be with Wenger, where whomever. Mm. And people were like they looked at the team, they looked at the results, and they combined one and one, and they got two. And the problem was Jose Mourinho. You give them hitting, still a bit. I mean, I think Chelsea went. Maybe not 14, that's maybe too many, but they went into double digits without losing. But there were so many draws, they dropped so many points at Stanford Bridge. And now you get Conte, and it's basically the same group of players. Is the problem management, or are we starting to see that maybe it's the team that Chelsea have, just the players themselves, and there's nobody else to blame? So maybe it wasn't 100% Mourinho's fault, which I argued vigorously <laughs> for the, the past you know, no, no, me, I, months. You, nobody can. Tell me with a straight face that those players can't 
come top four within the Premiership. If we're talking Europe, okay, that, that's a whole different ball of wax. But those players within the Premiership, and remember, I'm talking solely the Premiership. Those players within the Premiership, you top four is bare minimum. Top four is bare minimum because based on the league you're in and the, and, and the people who you're competing with, this isn't La Liga. Where like okay, there, there are a lot of very good good teams in the Premiership. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be rude, but there are some very road roadman teams in the, in the, in the Premiership who don't who don't know how to play the, the sports well. So, is it a deeper problem for me? Last season, 100%, it was a mutiny, and it goes to what I was saying in in the hangar, which is player power. Players are given too much power. Players are are, are allowed to have a stroke. Players are allowed to pretty much not really respect the power of the manager. So coaches have to do a lot more pampering with the with the players because of how much they have now been held to such a high esteem by the media, the fans and so forth. But even for me, I think there's an issue, first of all, Diego, Diego Costa is one issue there. The guy's a very good striker, but being so reliant on him is a problem. Other issue is Hazard. Is Hazard really as good as people say he is? You've got to ask that question. I'm not sure whether he is. Defensively, that's another issue. Even in, in midfield, for me, Fabregas... That's, that's, in that's the problem. Midfield, I believe, is the problem. I think Diego Costa has been the only footballer I've seen at Chelsea that seems like he cares. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. He's been hosting, but like he can't do everything. <laughs> well, you know? yeah, yeah, but that's a problem with his midfielders. Same thing with, 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 with Kante. Kante can't literally run an entire midfield on his own. I mean, he needs a bit of help. So Exactly. I mean, it's... it's um, I am going to pull up my phone here for a second, and I'm going to read a tweet that I put out after the game. Well, it was... Like, I, I took a nap, and then I woke up, and yeah. I thought about the game. So, <laughs> I've had some time to think. So, two things on Chelsea Arsenal. And this is from a Chelsea fan's perspective, of course. So, if this isn't Arsenal enough, I apologize. But... Chelsea can't place 100% of their defensive hopes on Zuma. Maldini couldn't save that unit. So steady on the magical Negro trope. Whoa! <laughs> Damn! Yeah. Not it's just like, oh, like Kurt Zuma, he's going to come in and he's going to save our defense. Like, nah, bro. You, you, you're still going to have Ivanovic in the team. Like, so chill out. And uh, number two. At what point does chronic failure from select Chelsea senior members, for whatever reasons you have, facilitate youth getting chances? And what I mean by this is Matic has been dreadful. Um, Oscar hasn't. He's been basically invisible. Willian, I think last season, took something out of him where he was basically the only player for three months, four months, five months who had any desire to win football matches. Oh, like. Yeah. And I think that energy, as soon as Mourinho left, he's like, guys, <laughs> like, what have you done? And ever since then, I feel like his form has been a, been a bit off, so maybe he'll, he'll regain that. But you have Ruben Loftus-Cheek on the bench. You have Ashwai, who needs games. You have Nathaniel Shalabar, who looks – he looked good against Leicester City, albeit with uh, 10 men. Chelsea have the best youth academy in England. Arguably the best youth academy in Europe, and it what? seems like Chelsea? yes, they won the UEFA Youth League. Wait, so better than Barcelona? At this present moment, not not historically, obviously not. I'm not crazy, but yeah. their their youth academy is like one of the best. It's up there with Barcelona, Ajax, whoever you want to name. 
Um, it's just that the players or the youth players, they don't get any run in the team. And my thing is when you have all these, you call them bricks in your team, why not play some of the youth players? It doesn't make any sense to me. It makes zero sense why you have Ivanovic still in the team when you have Ola Aina. It doesn't make any sense why Matis is in the team when you have Shaloba Loftus Cheek. It seems it seems one, there's a lack of leadership at the top. Wait, 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 what happened to Kennedy? He's on he's on loan at Watford. Triore, yeah. who I think is <laughs> this might be disrespectful in your eyes, but he's just under Kelechi Iheanacho in terms of yeah, young yeah, African okay, talent. Okay, okay, no, no, that's 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 that's, that's crap, man. No. Trust me, I've watched this kid, Bertrand Triore, and he is he's dynamite. Okay, and you put all these good play- Chris Christensen, who's on loan with Borussia Mönchengladbach, he's probably Chelsea's second best defender. If you want to put Zuma number one, Christensen is probably number two with Terry number three, and he's on loan for two years in the Bundesliga. And meanwhile, you have Gary Cahill, who can't trap a football and is giving up goals left, right, center. There's something wrong with Chelsea's system. And I think this is why managers get chewed up. You know, it's why you go from Villas-Boas to uh, Di Matteo to Benitez to Mourinho to Hitting to Conte now. In the space of like four years, there's a reason behind it. Well, look, uh, look, look at who the owner is, Abramovich. Abramovich, look, look, bless his soul. He's very rich. I would like some of his his, his money if I don't, if he, if he doesn't mind. Well, Abramovich, he's not really interested in running a football club like a football club. It's his baby. It's his thing, you know. And he's very. Actually, that's involved. that's that's not true. Um, when when he first came to the club, I think, in 2003. Hmm. So I I started being a Chelsea fan in maybe 2001, 2002, when I was, like, 11 or 12. Basically, when, like, my family first got internet and I was able to keep up with match results, and then the money came. And Hmm. and then Abramovich, he came in the team, and or he bought the club, basically. And one of the first quotes I remember reading about him was, if I wanted to make money, I'd have gone into a different business. I'm here to win trophies and to have fun. And oh, and for the first maybe five, six seasons, basically up until he bought Fernando Torres, he was willing to spend money, big money as well, especially in the mid-2000s. So $30 million for DDA Drogba was massive. $30 million for Essien was massive. But you see, after Torres and once Financial Fair Play started, Chelsea started running their team as a business, it's why you had to sell De Bruyne. It's why you had to sell Louise for 50. It's why you had to sell Lukaku. It's why you sold Matic so you could buy Fabregas, Costa, Felipe, Louise, whomever else. And it seems as if that kind of I want to win trophies, I want to have fun element at Chelsea Football Club has been lost to the business side. That could be the problem. What heightens it, though, is if you look at Chelsea's board, none of them are football people. The only football person in the board is Michael Emanalo. A Nigerian friend, yeah, man. Emanalo, yeah. Oh, how do you... Emanalo? Emanalo. So you have Michael Emanalo, and that he's the only solid football person in the board. If you go to Manchester United, for instance, they have Sir Alex Ferguson on their board. I think Bobby Charlton's probably on their board. They have people who understand the game on their board. You go to Chelsea, and Roman Abramovich just came to football maybe 12 years ago and is learning 
So he's basically a 12-year-old in this? That's the issue at Chelsea Football Club. Is it's not run by football people, and the people they do have are basically concerned with money. And that it leads you down chopping, changing, getting rid of X, Y, Z. And to, to the credit, when other teams didn't have the financial resources that they had, they were able to dominate. But now that there's more parity in the Premier League, you can't just buy your way to the title. You have to have a team. You know what I mean? City have money, but if you look at their team, they're playing as a unit. They're playing together. And maybe that's down to management. Maybe that's down to just the type of players they have. But there's something wrong at Chelsea, man. No, no, no. No, look, I, for me, I mean, I think you have to look at the coaching thing. Is like, look, if, because remember, and I, I think I was reading this about it, I think, apparently, I think Chelsea wanted to get Pep. And apparently, I don't know if this is true, Pep said no. Chelsea need like 10 more players before he's he will consider taking over them. So yeah. Pep was very particular with the kinds of players that were in a club before he took them over. Hence why I say don't talk about Pep until Pep wins the Champions League with Scornthorpe. Don't talk about Pep. But my thing is that... Right, he was right. Because if you see what he's doing with his fullbacks, where he's basically just putting them in midfield, mm. you're going to do with Zabaleta and Kolarov and Klichy and mm. Sanya with Azpilicueta and Branislav Ivanovic. <laughs> I need 20 defenders if you're Pep Guardiola. And then if you see Chelsea, what do they do? They wait, they wait, they wait. It's the same thing they did last year with John Stones. They did it again this year with Koulibaly. And then they end up with David Luiz, who, as if, if you remember what I said, it seems as if they're only going for players that they already know. They're, they're not exploring... Yeah, no, no, look, 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 Luiz thing, as I said again, it's it would make sense if you're bringing him in as a defensive mid- midfielder. But to bring him in as a centre-back, it's... Yeah, so as a centre-back, that makes zero sense. Zero and, sense. And the pro- he's not that bad, but it's what he does to people around him. So it's his effect on Gary Cahill. It's effect no, no, no. on Azpilicueta. But, but also, another quick one. I think this was something that I think we mentioned in last week because that, man, those subs, man, why do you wait so late? I mean, yeah, I mean you're down 3-0 and there's no changes what? at halftime. But no, I, That's what I said in my post-match thing. I was like, if you're down 3-0, halftime at least two subs. His strategy that we saw at, excuse me, that we saw at Euro 2016 mm. is three center backs. The simplest change that he could have made at halftime. You take off Azpilicueta, you play three center backs with Ivanovic, who's a better center back than he is a, a fullback. David Luiz, Gary Cahill is a back three. And you bring on Batshuayi and you play no, no, Diego Costa. And do, 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 do you know what? See, and Michi. No, 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 no. That's what I was going to suggest. But do you know the problem with that? If you're playing three centre-backs, you your three centre-backs have to be excellent. That's formation. 3-5-2, not everybody can play. So you only play 3-5-2 if you've got three quality defenders. You don't play Louise and Cahill in a, in a three. You're asking don't for trouble. Watford played three at the back. Well, Watford. Yes, like Watford. So are you telling me that, that they have three quality centre-backs at Watford? No, no, no. They don't. But remember, they're playing in the Premiership 1. 2. Watford's defenders, in my, they are better defenders than Cahill and Lewis. Stop. No, no, no. no, no. Like, you, as, you, you, you've gone no, no, off no, the as deep far as, just pure def- as far as just like pure defending, 
they just they they know see they're not quality. I can't even that. name you their defenders, okay? Neither can I. But I'll tell you right now is that the fact that they've played three at the back and they've been okay means that you you now basically you see the issues Cahill and Lewis already have with a four. You now want to put them to eight a three. Because remember Watford, I'm sure that they've been playing with a three for some time. You don't just switch to a to a three at halftime. That is suicide. That's a fair point. But uh, you're already down three. You're already dead. What's the point? Like, <laughs> might as well go for it. The point in that change would be one to get another striker on, so you could put crosses in the box and have them play off each other. Secondly, it puts an extra man in midfield where you only have three or four. Now you have five. So maybe you can control possession that way because they couldn't touch the football. The same thing that happened against Liverpool. They couldn't get the football in the first half. And they got blitzed. No, for me, I think, you know, like, basically, from my experience, you never go to a three. You either, you, you start with a, th- with a three, then you go to a four. Like, okay. going to a three, like, for me, I think the thing that is something that you have to start with and get used to. You never alter to it. But I get what, I know, I get what you're saying. Is that what do desperate times call for, Double H? Desperate would, measures. For me, I would, you know what, this may be crazy, but, you know, I'd be risky and say, screw it. Was Matic starting? Yes. You take off Matic, you bring on Batsawi, and then you play two, two, two strikers. Yes, you lose a midfielder, but Del Costa needs some help. Yeah. So you you do, you just get that ball as quickly as possible. You scream at your defender saying, look, guys, work hard, press hard. We have one less mid- midfielder, so everybody has to now work even harder. But get that ball quickly up the field towards Batsawi and Costa as, as quick as you can, and let's just get an early goal in the game. But the key thing is, get Batshuayi on a, at halftime. But for me, yeah, take off Matic, you bring in Batshuayi, and you just have to work harder in mid in midfield to make up for the loss of Matic, you know? I like, the subs, the subs, they, they came too late. Like, I don't, I mean, that's just crazy. Like, yeah. what's the point in, 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 in bringing on those subs at that time? There's literally is no point. It's Antonio Conte way we're starting to see. But anyway, I don't want to make this an hour-long Chelsea podcast. We've got other things to talk about. Updated I mean, top four predictions. Now that Arsenal and Liverpool have taken three points from Chelsea, the table, I don't know if it's starting to take shape, but we're seeing... Oh, no, no, it's not. It's, it's, it's too early. Slight pattern. Yeah, it's way too early to, for it to take shape. But we're seeing patterns where Chelsea mm-hmm. can't win big games. It seems like Liverpool do win big games. Arsenal are somewhere in the middle. What do you think about your top four predictions? You had Chelsea winning the title. Do you want to renege on that? It's not yet October, so I guess it's cool. <laughs> like I'm still sticking with it, you know. Okay. I think it's, it's too early to start saying, okay, now nah, I'm, I'm not behind City now to win now. Nah. For me, I think, but what the only thing I would change is that I do believe it's between Chelsea and City. It's the title. Between, yeah, between Chelsea and City. I'm still sticking with Chelsea. I'm still yeah, gonna... see, I haven't changed my pick from United yet, so. Oh, you're still sticking, sticking with United. <laughs> I don't want to, but I'm a man of my word, Double H. So the top four as we currently stand are City, Tottenham, Arsenal, and Liverpool. The chasing pack are Everton, United, Crystal Palace, and Chelsea. So, yeah, Crystal Palace are above Chelsea on goal difference. It's the Benteke changes. He's, He's made an impact, I think. So my original top four was United, Chelsea, City, Liverpool. I'm looking at Chelsea, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, Arsenal might take your spot again, man. But I still so, so have Arsenal in the, in the top four. You didn't not have yet. Arsenal in the top four. That was wow. a big point of contention that we had, that uh, it's Arsenal's birthright to be in the top four. And I'm thinking, nah, 
But, so, uh, what are, wait, 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 read us your top four again. I had United as champions. Yeah. I had Chelsea second, City third, and Liverpool fourth. Ah, Arsenal fifth. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, like for me, I'm still staying with Chelsea first, City second, United third, Arsenal fourth. Yeah. And then fifth is what, Liverpool or Everton? Who do you like better? Liverpool. So, yeah, those are our updated top four predictions, which haven't changed. <laughs> we are we are steadfast in our either brilliance or idiocy. I haven't decided which. So, Manchester City, they are undefeated. I think Pep has the best start for a rookie manager in the Premier League since Carlo Ancelotti in 2009-2010. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Just let me get my stats off, man. Just drop a little knowledge on the people, you know. Kevin De Bruyne, hamstring injury against Swansea. He could be out oh. for... Four weeks, I yeah. think. So a month or so. Mm. We basically saw City without Gundogan for the first three weeks. So is it just take De Bruyne out, put Gundogan in, hope he doesn't get injured and as you were? Or is this more serious? It's that maybe that maybe some are predicting. Like for me, I think they can cope, but let's not sneeze that De Bruyne has been easily the best attacking player in the in the, in the premiership. Yo, yo, do, do you think he's, like, favorite for, you know, the PFA, FWA, Player of the Year awards, all that kind of stuff? Uh, it's, it's, again, it's too early. It's too early. Uh, is he the, uh, the early favorite, you know? Oh, no, okay, I mean, no, 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 as of right now, yeah. I mean, early okay. favorite, yeah, like, for yeah. me. But it depends, because remember, this guy is very injury prone. Yeah. And, um, All of their players, if you look at them, I mean, maybe I don't know enough about Ian Nacho. Maybe you do, but uh, Aguero, yeah, Silva, Gundogan, and De Bruyne—they're all injury prone. I, I I don't know enough about Raheem Sterling. Wait, wait, wait. where is Toure in, in all of this? I mean, is he? I mean, what? I mean, what's he doing now at the moment? Like, unless he apologizes apparently and says sorry, I'm sorry, Mister Guardiola. Like like he's a seven year old kid, or if, if his sorry, agent. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, like unless he apologizes, apparently Pep's like no, like you're not in the team. My it's it's his eight. What the what is his agent up to? His agent is weird. You know what? <laughs> you know okay. I know. I I think I know what's going on here. Okay, I don't know how contracts work at Manchester City. Okay, but I'm assuming that the agent is going out of his way to make Manchester City drop or release Yahya Toure, you know? So yeah. so, so basically, if Toure quits, he might not get any money from City. If they fire him, and maybe he gets a severance package or something, <laughs> and then he becomes a free agent with money, and then he gets to go to any team he wants. So maybe the agent's job is to make it as uncomfortable as possible because Pep said, you should apologize. Then the agent comes back and says, "You should apologize to Joe Hart." <laughs> and 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 I think the because you could you could be on something because in all of this, Yaya hasn't said anything. He hasn't it's said anything. With, with, it's, it's, so basically, his silence. Yeah, I was going to say his silence is tacit complicity. Yeah, in what his agent is doing, yeah. it's it's condoning it. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise he'd either fire his agent for saying something in mm. his name that doesn't represent his wishes, or he's just oblivious to what's going on, which I highly doubt because it's... No, 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 no. He knows knows exactly what's going on. So there has to be something in this where they're trying to either get out of City or just pressure Pep into playing maybe City's best player of all time, if you think about it. He's the best player they've ever had in their club. 
I don't know enough about Manchester City history past like. Oh no, no 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 everything <laughs> that happened before the one the, the, the league is irrelevant. I don't care what it once says. I mean, I'm, no no. I'm, actually, if you think about it, the four best players that I know play for Manchester City, other than Yaya Toure, are Frank Lampard, Chelsea legend, Schmeichel, Manchester United legend, uh, Robbie Fowler was a Liverpool legend. And Patrick Vieira was an Arsenal legend. So, <laughs> oh, oh, so the four best players they've ever had, barring Toure. Okay, so, uh, so just on resume. Henri in that in that category. Say it again. You're going to mention Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry played for Manchester City. Oh, I see what you did there. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, look, Peter Schmeichel, Robbie Fowler, Patrick Vieira, and Frank Lampard. Legends from Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, and Manchester United. They all ended up at Manchester City somehow. Oh, but those are all legends from other clubs. Yeah, you understand yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. who are the Manchester City legends? I don't know. I mean, I scored, they mostly put on goal. So yeah, I was gonna say their most their legends are currently playing. Oh no, no, yeah, so, like actually anything that happened before this group <laughs> is irrelevant. So that's that's the fun. This is they are the most legendary group of players of all time. So yeah, yeah. So I I think they should be able to cope without De Bruyne for a month. But if it gets like three. Or four months, if there's like um, what a relapse or a reoccurrence of the injury, I think that's a bit more serious. So four games, if you can't cope four games without one player, then cool. But if, let's say, Aguero goes down again, and then you don't have Aguero and De Bruyne, or Silva goes down, and then you're playing Fabian Delph, and you're like, oh, no, maybe. <laughs> or, or I guess they have Fernando and Fernandinho, but still. I mean, we, we laud and applaud Bars. <laughs> Manchester City's depth, but a couple, three injuries here or there, mm. and uh, Pep's looking at uh, finally having to manage, I think. Look, man, let the guys suffer small, man. Damn! So, is it, I mean, is this guy just going to become unbeaten the whole season? How rubbish is this, man? <laughs> I, no, look, I, I think he's, right now, he's being a tactical manager. I don't think he's having to man-manage any, other other than maybe the heart and turret situations. So let's see if injuries happen, what he does. No, but I, I think they've got Tottenham next week, I believe. Is it a home or away? I think, I believe it might be in a while, but let me have a little check um, while you keep on going. Yeah, I mean, well, no, I was finished, and we kind of buried the lead, so. No, yeah, 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 they are playing away from home, away. Oh. Oh, two, okay. days, two, two days before my birthday, interesting. Um, Yo, are you gonna? How how are you gonna be? Or do you do you not want to put your age? Uh, I'm gonna be sixteen. Okay. <laughs> Look, right. last and unanswered. Um, Liverpool, can they win the title this season? That's that's my talking tactics question of the week. I think anybody can win the title this season, but I don't think Liverpool are gonna be able to last the whole season. You know what it is? When Liverpool play big games, they don't have the they don't have to dictate matches. So when they play Chelsea or Arsenal, the onus is on them to kind of make the game happen, which means a Liverpool can press and they can kind of play off their opponent's tactics. When the onus is put on them to dictate a match, oh yeah, as in the Burnley game, oh yeah, 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 that's where they're going to struggle. Because Look, that's why I was trying to explain to people, and Liverpool fans have been on me. I said. That Burnley game worried me. Burnley don't have the burden of proof. It's not their job to go out and win the football match. Mm. 
it's their job to soak up pressure, defend, and maybe get something on the counterattack. Mm. Liverpool, on the other hand, when they go to these small, smaller clubs in air quotes, the pressure is going to be on them to dictate the match. And is Lalana and Henderson and Coutinho can these players dictate a match? Lalana is thirty is times. Good. That guy is good. Lalana is that guy is very underrated. You know what I mean? That guy gets my seal of approval, and I don't say that's about a lot of English, many English players, you know, but that dude definitely gets my seal of approval, man. Um, but you're right. It's like I know I'm right. I'm just you know we're just talking. <laughs> no, like you're right. Like I just don't think that Liverpool they'll definitely be in the mix of top six, top five, top thingy. But when... I have them in fourth. So what is it? But I have them in fourth. But fourth place could be. That... Nah, 15 Daniel, points they, behind they, champions. They, so, like, for me, Daniel, like to put them ahead of Arsenal, nah, man, you're smoking grass. You're, you're smoking grass. I mean, you you can't put them ahead of Arsenal. Like Arsenal. Did, was I dead or in a coma the first game of the season, or do I not remember them beating Arsenal in the Emirates? Uh, Dude, first, I, so when? Okay, so when last did the season end in August? Was this like? No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just. No, no. no, no I mean, like, that's right. Look. Unless I've been in a coma and they've changed... I might have missed something. Un- unless they've not changed it where, like, the season ends in August, then, okay, then I'm mistaken. But last I checked, the season doesn't end in August. It ends... I'm just, I'm just saying that the, I'm just saying the last time we saw these two teams play, I mean, it was pretty convincing, in in my opinion, that uh, I, Liverpool okay, was a better club. I do remember... But they have 4-1. Arsenal beat Man United <laughs> twice, and they ended up losing the league. So they beat United twice, convincingly but they still came below United, and United won the league that same season. So, I'm just saying. All right. So, like I said, we buried the lead, um, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to type this in all capital letters. <laughs> Jose Mourinho dropped Wayne Rooney. Look. Round of applause for Jose Mourinho. Look, chill out with the applause, man. How we, 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 we don't know whether he'll, he'll, he'll see through this. Actually, actually, that was kind of a, sarca- a sarcastic applause because I know why he dropped Wayne Rooney. Um, it's because don't they have a midweek game on Thursday? Oh, Europa? Bloody hell. I mean, I'm just saying. He, it's, wait, it's just part of that competition, man. I mean, is there any point? And it's just an excuse to rest Rooney and then he can say, I'm saving you for the Europa League. So, so well, oh, well, now that I think about it, maybe he could use. The Europa League as an excuse to get Wayne Rooney out of his Premier League teams and be like, no, nah, Wayne, I'm just I'm give you, I'm gonna give you the captain's band in Europa. I'm just resting you for the bigger competition. It's Europe. It's another avenue to maybe get Champions League football with the way that the Premier League is now. So Wayne, I'm gonna just don't stress it. Don't stress it. What, what, what gonna, what? That'd be a, a, a nice shrewd move, you know, to um still make it seem as if you're not really. But I would still like Mourinho to be the old Mourinho. <laughs> you, you know what the problem is. You can only yeah. do that once every other week, though. <laughs> so for like yeah. three for three matches in a row, you can't use the Europa League excuse. <laughs> you can just say, "Oh, I forgot." <laughs> you know what? I, I thought this week was a European football week. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, no, but you know, like it's it's too late there. I can't change the lineup. But you know, what? I'll remember next week. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be it. That's got to be it. That's that's my that's my theory. Where Marino's going to use circumstances around what? him. This drop is, my Rudy. That way it doesn't oh, seem like a disrespect. But Danny boy, this is the Mourinho that I know. The Mourinho that I know, that I thought I knew. You, you, you don't play well. Who cares who you are? You get dropped. Yeah. You get dropped. That's the Mourinho that I thought I, I knew. I mean, we, he dropped Eden Hazard a few seasons ago, who was, you know, Chelsea's golden yeah, boy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just because he wasn't tracking back. But Hazard wasn't the face of Chelsea. Rooney is the face of not only United, but of England as well. So dropping him is very heavy. Mm. Like, basically, what Pep did, it's almost similar. Because remember, Joe Hart is the future captain of England, and he is, like, the number one keeper of England, and was one and the number one of Man City. So for Pep to do that was a, a big move. You know what that does, though? It probably strikes fear in the rest of the dressing room that this guy, he'll drop anybody. And, 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 why... and, if, and if Mourinho came into Manchester United and dropped Wayne Rooney, deservedly, it's not like we're saying drop Wayne, Wayne Rooney to make a point. No, mm. this is just a subsequent reaction that would happen off of you dropping him. But if he comes in and he sees Wayne Rooney playing poorly and he drops him, that gives United support, the board, and the team, the knowledge and the insight that Mourinho is not here to play games. He's not here for your loyalty. He's here to win football matches. Uh, no, 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 no way. But put it this way. Even if Pep wouldn't take the Man United job with, with the kind of players that they have, if, for instance, just for argument's sake that he, he did, he would drop Rooney. You know what? I'm not sure that's such an easy statement to make. It's just because Wayne Rooney is so embedded in English football and Manchester United football that even someone like Pep Guardiola, who we seem, you know, not given, I don't want to curse, but he, he doesn't care. Mm. Um, I'm not so sure that Wayne Rooney is that droppable even for someone like Pep Guardiola. As much as we might think he might, Joe Hart, as good as he is, mm. he's not Wayne Rooney, who has been posted as the savior, the great hope of English football for the past decade. I'm telling you that, like, Guardiola is a very, very arrogant man. Yes. Extremely arrogant. Yes, um, but any excuse, any excuse to say no, I am bigger than whatever you think it is. That you paid X million to bring me in here. You've touted me as this great coach to save us, and I'm going to prove to you why y'all should bow down to me. Pep Guardiola is probably even more arrogant than Mourinho. Just that he shows it in a very different way. For I believe that Guardiola is arguably even more arrogant than Mourinho. I, I would say that. Guardiola's arrogance comes with a smile. Mourinho's, yeah. Mourinho's arrogance comes with a snarl. I would go even further. I think that Guardiola is more arrogant. For me, Mourinho is sort of like the dog that just barks a lot, but doesn't really bite. Pep Guardiola it doesn't, it's a dog that doesn't bark that much. You come close to that dog, he'll bite you your face off. Because hmm. I think that Mourinho, if you get to know him, he's actually really nice. And he likes players, and he will support a lot of, a lot of players that will get to you. Guardiola, man, if you're not on it, he will cut you quickly and not say anything to you. Like, the situation that Ibrahimovic had with Pep would never have happened with... Well, it sort of happened with De, De Bruyne, sort of, where De Bruyne didn't really know what he did. And Mourinho sort of casted him off. But really, Mourinho is much more of, like, an affable, nicer kind of guy that if he likes you, he'll really like you. Guardiola, no, wants you to know that, no, I'm the main guy around here. So I would say to you that I do believe he would drop Rooney. To prove the point that because it's Rooney, because he's a possible, because it's this thing, Guardiola will drop him. And any excuse to drop him, as if he's not playing well, he's not, he doesn't fit into his plans, he would drop him and say, look, I've dropped him. Now what? You're going to sack me now? <laughs> so. Yo, there's no better time to make a big decision when you're just hired. Because what are they going to do? They're, they're, they're going to hire you for three weeks? And then sack you? I mean, the, the only time wasn't Brian Clough. Didn't he take charge of Leeds United 
And he came out and said, we're going to win the league better. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And the players just didn't like him. And then he, he was sacked from Leeds United after 44 days. The Nottingham Forest that won the league. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is before he gets to Nottingham Forest. All right. So he goes to Derby County, wins the title. Then he they sack him, I think. And then he goes to Leeds United because I think the manager's name was Don Reavy. He got the England job, which is like the job of all jobs. And um, he was in charge for 44 days. Wow. And, and they got rid of him. And then he had like, I think, a hiatus and then got the Nottingham Forest job. And, you know, what? how many European Cups? Two? Yeah, but that's like the only time I can think of that a manager comes in, does something, just pisses off the players so bad that he only lasts like not even two months. So yeah. <laughs> that's that's no, bad. That's but bad. like Mourinho, if he comes in and drops Rooney, it's not going to like piss off the dressing room because he deserves to be dropped. Everybody can see it. And it improves the team. They right. won 4-1. Pogba, he looked better. Your opinions briefly? Um, Pogba, no, no, no. He definitely looks better, but there's, there's still room for him. Look, he dabbed. So we were all missing <laughs> the end dab. So Chester has, has, has returned. But no, look. Room for improvement. I like if once Pogba is playing at his full potential, United are very dangerous. Mm. Very dangerous. Mm. Yeah. You know, so. so, do you have any information on this um, Zinedine Zidane, Cristiano Ronaldo spat beef? Basically, what it is is that look, I mean, from what I've gathered, he apparently he didn't sub him because he was playing badly, he subbed him for Dortmund. But Cristiano then. Obviously, wasn't angry that he was sobbed off. And I think he then sort of confronted him in the dressing room and sort of like stepped to him. In in Privately or in front of everyone? Basically, or is this unclear? It's not clear. All I heard was dressing rooms. I don't know whether it's dressing room when everybody was around or dressing room when it was just the two of them. So, because you can't do that. Yeah, I don't care if you're messy. You can't openly mm-hmm. and publicly in front of your dressing room berate your manager for dropping you. It, you no, just no, can't. No, and also, but, but the thing is that... But then again, Ronaldo think... is... I don't want to disrespect him, but he's a bit... Eh. Daniel, Daniel, you said that you don't want to disrespect him. I know, I understand that, but I will gladly do that. <laughs> it's, it's fine. If you don't want to, I will, I will, I will carry that burden for you. Um, Christina, first of all... Don't this... call him Christina, man. Can we call him okay, Cristiano? Then. Okay, okay, look. Fefe Ronaldo. You need to understand that Zidane is a legend. <laughs> so, my dear fake Ronaldo friend, he, there's some certain respect you need to show Zizou. Not Zidane. I don't know who Zidane is, but I know who Zizou is. But I don't actually blame him for this. So, the, do you know why I blame? I blame the media. I blame Twitter. I blame the fans. Like They've the... given him the ammunition to do this. Ah. I see. See, I thought you were going to blame the media. For blowing it out of proportion. Back in the day, a player stepping onto like it, hell no. If and if that happens, you'll get dropped. It doesn't matter who you are. But Cristiano is now he's bigger than Real Madrid. He's he's a brand, and he's got like his fanship is scary. So there are people who will support him no matter what. Mm. So that, so you're in, you're in a situation where Zidane there's not even much that Zidane can even do. There's not much as Zidane can even do to react to it. Hence why it's just, it's a situation in which, like, you know, this could be what holds back Real Madrid from being successful this season. Because if it comes to a point where Cristiano just isn't playing well, 
he's actually hindering your team because you're not gonna always be good all the time. So Zidane, are you strong enough to be like, nah, this guy, you've got to come off. You're not, you're not playing well. You being in the team is actually hindering us. But do you have the balls to do that? Because you need to do that, there'll be a lot of blowback to it. Mm. Do Do we think Ronaldo's how old is he now? Thirty one. I think it it's probably time that these substitutions start happening for him. That if you're going to save him, what's the, well, also the problem is weren't they drawing with Las Palmas or something? So maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah if if Madrid are up four nil, and I want to save you for Dortmund, then maybe he accepts it. But if you're down to a team you have no business drawing with or losing to, mm. um, maybe, maybe I, maybe I could see how he could feel away because I, I mean, it's, it's Las Palmas. Like leave me in, like we have to beat these guys <laughs> and we know how, and we know how competitive Ronaldo is for all his faults. His well, no, 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 he's very competitive. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, for, for all his faults, his arrogance is what may, what allows him to be as great as he is. Although you would dispute uh, how great people perceive him, but still, that kind of constant wanting to be on top or better than others it drives him. So I mean, if if you say Ronaldo, don't be mad about being dropped. You're all, you're almost taking his fire from him. I said for me, like I find with you being angry, taken off. I am not happy with you confronting your coach and berating your coach for taking yes, me. yes, yes. I was I, that's that was the point I was going to say. But also, it's the it's the man who you're pissed at as well. Like the level of deference you have to show to <laughs> someone like Zinedine Zidane is off the scales. Like you don't disrespect. Like maybe if it's uh, Benitez, fine. No, that last has been hard. No, no. To, to be honest, you but, shouldn't. But Zidane, like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if any manager, you shouldn't do that to any manager. But this yeah. is Zizou. This isn't just any any other dude, man. This is uh, yeah. This isn't a guy from. <laughs> He's a guy from you know some the Galapagos Islands somewhere <laughs> in the Pacific. I was gonna say Timbuktu, but I don't want to, I don't want to be disrespectful to Africa. Yeah, yeah, so no, 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 no. so you, you know, there's some people that don't that think Timbuktu wasn't a real place or isn't a real place. I should say. Wait, it does it actually. So is this actually on the map? Yes, it's in Mali, I think. Oh wow! Yes, yeah, like Timbuktu is real. So why is it used as? A moniker for like oh from Timbuktu. Why Timbuktu in particular? Uh, I think in the fourteen or fifteen hundreds there was a prince Mansa Musa, mm. and he was the richest man on earth like ever that's ever existed, and um, I think that kind of started the legend of Timbuktu, where this this king with this all this gold actually this is kind of what started uh, the kind of the race for Africa. It started in the 1400s uh, because this king went on his pilgrimage to Mecca and mm. going from Mali to Saudi Arabia, that's a long distance. Mm. So he had this huge caravan. I think he stopped in Egypt and the gold that he gave out in Egypt displaced the Egyptian economy for 30 or 40 years, the inflation. So Europeans heard like, yo, there's this black dude in Africa who's rich as hell and he's giving out all this money. So we need to go see what all this gold is about. And then you get 1492, you know, the king in Spain and all these people, they start going to Africa. Yeah. And and then you, you you like you discover the new world. And yo, we can make money out here. So that's when trade with Africa starts. Then you get the slave trade, et cetera, et cetera. So that's where the legend of Timbuktu comes from. But don't quote me on that. A lovely 
sweet history lesson. And I am a pseudo historian. Um, I did English in school, but my dad says I should have done history. So it is what it is. But anyway, what were we talking about? What? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, no. Zinedine Zidane is just not your average manager. Okay, so you can't. Yes, if there's any children out there who are listening, or if you have a football manager that you're, you know dealing with on a daily basis you don't disrespect him just because you want to be a better professional or just seem like a nice human being that's what we all should aspire to be but if your manager kids just ends up to be Zinedine Zidane that's that's the next level so especially in front of your teammates you don't do it maybe you can get behind closed doors and and you go to his office and you say look Zinedine I want to play I know that we have a game on Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever the game is, but against Los Palos, I am the best player to get us a goal to win this game. And I really want to win the title and dropping points against Los Palmas isn't, um, they need those points. Exactly. Like, 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 like we need those points. It's not a great benchmark to set. So maybe behind closed doors, you can do that, but to start a controversy in the open, I mean, Cristiano, you're not helping your reputation for an arrogant, uh, yeah, but 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 again, who's gonna chastise? People will because you're so loved. People will support you no matter what. Like the worst thing is that people will actually take his side over Zidane, and these are young kids who are 13 and 14 who don't even know who who Zidane is. For them, Zidane is this. Oh, he used to be this player that was really good. That's that's all they know. They don't know no. They don't know who Zidane is. So for them, they think that oh, he's just like an, an old bald guy who used to be good when when he he played. He's nowhere near as good as Cristiano. That's what a lot of his teenage fans would, would, would be thinking. Mm. So, yeah. Um, I think that's the last topic, and I think your point is a good way, a good place to end, I guess. Um, so, match of the week. Actually, that's a pretty good segue. Um, there are two choices, I would say. Well, three mm-hmm. choices now that I think about it. We have Atletico. They host Bayern Munich. Uh, Dortmund hosts Real Madrid, which mm. is probably where I would vote. And then you said Manchester City play Tottenham. So you have three options. I'll let you choose which one. So you have Atletico Bayern, Madrid, Dortmund Madrid, which is where I would go, and City Tottenham, which I would assume is not even in the My question. choice is going to be... Um... Atletico Bayern. That's fantastic because I need to think about this, you know, because this, this is something that I need, I need to really think about and really fully digest and be succinct, you know. So um, okay, uh, Madrid and Dortmund. You haven't put any thought in this. Dortmund. Let's be I put out a scoreline, but I'm now rethinking that scoreline because my scoreline was two two. But now I'm thinking Real Madrid are going to take it two one because Pepe has returned to the team. So, because it's all dependent, because if Pepe is in that team, I'm thinking 2-1 to Real Madrid, but if Pepe isn't in that team, then I'm rolling with a 2-2. So, this, this, the, the, these scoreline things are very, it's as, it's as tricky as Trick Daddy. It's as, it's as tricky as Trick Daddy. So. Uh, see, I was thinking, like, 3-2 Madrid. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, yeah. So, I was going with the Madrid win. Yeah, I mean, uh... Because Madrid, they could win. Because, um, again, I'm now... As I said, that, that I'm thinking to want to Real Madrid. We're never sure, Double H. It's not like, uh, you know, your family gets shot at dawn if the if the result goes the wrong way. 
I'm only with, with, with 2-1 Real Madrid. 2-1 Real. Okay, so we have the same result, but a different scoreline. And I think your scoreline is probably a bit more um, plausible. You know, look, man, there could be, there could be a, lot, a lot of Gs up in there, man. There could be a lot of Gs, mate. Okay, okay. and one more thing. If I do lose this, then I I've, I forfeit this whole um, league title thing, so I better not lose. So that's, <laughs> that's my ultimatum. So they, oh, oh, I mean, Double H, were you one of those kids that just took your ball and went home? Yes. <laughs> that just hit reset on the on the PlayStation or the Xbox yeah. when you were losing? Yes. <laughs> I don't want to play. <laughs> yeah, precisely. No, actually, no. Yes, I was precisely. I was that that dude. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, so questions. Do we have any questions? And I think we have time um, for maybe one or two. I think what's it called? Eden, the Garden of Eden Hazard versus um, the chairs of, of of the Lexus, I believe. Um. So if I can look up the questions, maybe we can get who that question came from. That came from Mohammed at Mazorla nineteen. Uh, oh, well, at, I think Rizzo asked the same question as well um, at Mr. Rizzo. Okay, so at Talking Tactics, Alexis <laughs> or Hazard? <laughs> the, floor, the, 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 the floor is yours, Double H. Alexis Sanchez is categorically the better player. Eden Hazard is a good player, but he's overrated. Um, you cannot depend on Eden Hazard when the going gets tough. Eden Hazard is limited. There is a way you can defend Eden Hazard. Sanchez is from the, the jungles of South America. He is a beast. He is, he is a freak. There is no way to completely shut him down defensively. He can hustle on the flank. He can hustle in the center. He can hustle from free kicks. 30 yard screamers. He can finish sub sublimely. He can dribble you. He can go out on the outside. He can go out on the inside. He has so much in his ass now. <laughs> to completely <laughs> knock you down. So that's why, for me, Sanchez is the guy that I always put on my team. And Sanchez, for me, overall, is the better footballer than Eden Hazard, who is good but overrated. <laughs> it sounds like you had that practice. Oh, or, yeah. people, or, or people ask you that question a lot. I would argue in favor of Eden Hazard that, just specifically against Alexis Sanchez, that Sanchez does have more dynamism in his game. Mm. That that if you put him in the same position as Hazard, Alexis Sanchez is more likely to take on his man, beat his man, do dribbles, um, get in the box, get fouled, etc. But Eden Hazard's mentality and kind of technical brilliance in that way, I think makes him more effective game to game to game to game to game. What I mean by that is Alexis Sanchez, like you said, is very even 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 the way he plays, it's temperamental, it's flair, it's all it's it's psychology mostly, which mm-hmm. means he can go missing from game to game if if he's not all there, or even and it's not really about tactics because if you you can put him in any system and he's gonna ball out if he's feeling it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but sometimes he can go missing. He doesn't get the ball because it's all in his head. Eden Hazard, I don't think he necessarily has to think about his footballing ability. It just comes naturally. He's practiced it. He's almost a machine. You know what I mean? And Sanchez is a machine. He very much feels like a human being when he plays. Whereas Hazard, you put him out, you tell him what to do, and he'll do his best in in that role. And in that sense, I think you get more consistency from Hazard. Hazard is better tactically than Sanchez, which is what you're saying. As in, 
who plays their role better and will consistently listen exactly to the instructions you give them tactically. I think it's Eden Hazard. And in that sense, I could see how people could argue I'd rather have Hazard in my team. I, I, I say that, but I don't want to take away from Hazard's humanity. Injuries get to him, got in his head, and he wasn't the same player that we saw from two seasons prior. So it's not like Eden Hazard, you flip an on switch and he goes out and he makes dribbles and he gets things done. It's not that easy. But compared to Alexis Sanchez in that way, who's much more temperamental, which means you can get more from him because he has that extra gear that he can get to that Hazard. Hazard's never going to try to take over a game. That's not in his nature. And that's my biggest problem with Eden Hazard is he doesn't have, we just talked about Ronaldo. He doesn't have that greed in him to want to take over and dominate a game. He's not foaming at the mouth to score goals. He's much more content in a unit. Whereas Sanchez has that killer in him that Hazard doesn't have, which is why certain people would gravitate more towards Sanchez because they see that, that tenacity in him. And I appreciate that, which is why I would call him overall the better footballer. But there's an argument for Hazard to be made in that he's more consistent. Yeah, no, for me, look, I get where you're coming from, but still, I just feel that, you know, in my team, I will have somebody that is tactical, but in my team, I just feel like, again, it depends on the kind of manager you want. I, a Sanchez for me is far more beneficial to me than a Hazard. I need a guy who things are not, tactically are not going right. It's, it's, it's 1-1. I need you to do something out of the ordinary. I yeah. need something extraordinary, something off-center, something a bit weird just to win us this game. Hazard won't go out of his elements to do that. Sanchez is the kind of guy that will just score from nothing and yeah. get you that 2 one. So for me, everything that Sanchez is far more beneficial to me and is what I would want rather than a Hazard. Yeah, I want my players to listen to instructions, but not to the T. I want my players to interpret my instructions, not to Listen to it fully. I want them to interpret it. Yeah, listen to it to an extent, but you're on a wall pitch. Sometimes situations call for you to make that decision on your own as a footballer, not for me to tell you what to do in any given situation. So, I mean, I if if I had to choose which player I'd rather watch, it's Alexis Sanchez because mm. I just I like that that style of football that he plays. It's South American, you know. Mm. Whereas Hazard, he just seems. It's the European style of it, which isn't as fun. I, I think I, it's not, I, never, I didn't use any color. Anyway, so I think we, we both, I mean, you definitely say Alexis Sanchez. I lean oh, Sanchez. I lean Sanchez, but I also see the value of having Eden Hazard. And I should say that all of Double H's statements are kind of couched in the fact that he thinks Iron Robin is the best footballer on planet wait, Earth. Wait, so. wait, Aaron Robin. Who is, wait, who is Aaron Robin? <laughs> wait, I know who the, who the killer is. I don't know who Aaron Robin is, but I know who the killer is. So, <laughs> so I... So, so, no, no. All, all I'm saying is for the past hour, I'm not sure anybody can take anything you say seriously. Um. <laughs> the killer is the only guy who is droppable, and I'll never change that. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about, man? Or, or do we have any other questions? Nah, man, that's, I mean, look, that's, that's, that, those are all the cues. All I want to say that, guys, man, thank you for repping and talking tactics. I think in, in one of my hangouts, you know, Juju Man even referenced something that we talked about on the last week's episode. So people are, are watching it. People are really writing by it. And we just, you know, I'm thankful for the support, man. And remember, just keep liking the stuff we're 
I think, I mean, it's Razer. This is what, uh, 15th or 14th? 15th, I think. Yeah, 15th. Why don't you? We should have done something to commemorate. Like you know, fifteen is a is is is, is a number. So we should have I don't know done like a maybe we'll, we'll do like a is a special for the twentieth or something. Twentieth. Well, I mean, I mean, uh, are we gonna announce that we're definitely gonna do the posting two times a week, or have we not decided that that could be our fifteenth kind of special tidbit? Oh no, or maybe like twentieth or nineteenth or something like that. Yeah, after after talking to actors, it's gonna pop up. Okay. Know. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the the podcast is called After Talking Tactics. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. You guys will get it when you get it. It's not good. You know. Yeah. Well, it's 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 something still in the back burner. Was 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 still cook, cooking it up for for you. Know, you know what? what but what, I what, see. What, I don't know if the Earth is gonna be here past November. So relax. Is there any point? Like all you guys that believe in these politicians and relax. Hillary will be the president. Everything will be fine. The Earth will keep spinning. So people. War, you know, war. Because do you guys, what... do you guys, do you realize there's no difference? Like, <laughs> like there's no difference between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. You might think it, it there is on the surface, but well, one person has different private parts to the other. So, I mean, politically, they're all backed by the same five people that have millions of dollars. It's just no, no all I'm thinking about. I just want to watch this. All, all these bankers have all different. their hands in different pots. That's all look, this is. Look, by the time this goes out, Hillary Clinton could have caused a surprise upset in the in the debates, you know. So I don't know what's gonna happen, but all I know is that you know, um, <laughs> nothing's gonna happen. There's gonna be jokes. Then the people on news are gonna be like, "I think Hillary Clinton had a great debate, and I think Donald Trump had a great debate." It's, who cares? Like people, if you if you haven't decided who you're voting for at this point, not that people should be voting. I don't know. Personally, I don't believe in presidential voting because of the electoral college. I think you should Ooh. vote for you. I think you should vote for your local, your mayor, the people who affect your. I think you the people who affect your schooling. But as for the people at presidential level, I'm not no. convinced. Because I don't believe in voting for anyone. Vote to vote for yourself, man. You know, have some faith in yourself. That's what I. That's what I say. I mean, can you think about this? That, okay, 300 million people are in the United States. And a, a president could get 70 million, or a presidential candidate could get 70 million of the votes. Another pre- another candidate could get 72 million of the votes. So 72 should win you the election. Hmm. But because of the way that the United States rigs their electoral oh, yeah. college. Like, like super delegates and all that stuff. Yeah, you, the person who gets less votes can win. We saw that in 2000 when uh, Al Gore got more votes than George W. Bush, but George W. Bush was president. And this is, I mean, people say it's a democracy, but it's a constitutional republic, but it's fake if that's the case. If more people want one guy... Yes, yes. So, 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 so basically, the whole thing about like, your votes counts, your votes doesn't count. <laughs> I mean, if you live in a state that is decidedly one side, so if you live in Texas... That's See, a Republican. Yeah, if, if you live in Texas, that's a Republican state. So well, there's no point if you're a Democrat to even going and issuing your ballot because there's no way there's enough Democrats to help Texas become a blue state. The same way, if you're a Republican in California, that's a Democratic state. There's no point. So either you go out and you vote with your conscience and you say, I want to vote for uh, the Green Party or the Libertarian Party or whomever. Cool. But there's, your vote doesn't matter in those states. Now, if you live in North Carolina like I do, then maybe there's an argument that your vote matters. 
Oh, so you live in North Carolina. I, I live here. I'm not from here, so I, I don't have any affiliation other than the North Carolina Tar Heels who I've supported since I lived in Canada, but that's a different story for another day. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not convinced with the political system. I don't know enough. I took a couple political science classes in university, but I'm not sold on how America does its presidential election, shall we say, but I do believe in local voting. So vote for your mayor, vote for your local representative, the people who you know control the police, for example, or who control the school districts in that. So vote for those people because they actually can affect your day-to-day life. Yeah. Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. I mean, it looks, it's the it's a figurehead, but the people behind both candidates are probably going to end up being the same people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Because money doesn't have red or blue attached to it. It's all green. No, no, look, I think no, I look at it purely from an entertainment point of view, but if you want to get real about it, man, whoever is president, nothing's really going to change, really. And, I mean, so, if we want to talk about this a little bit, just a tad bit more, uh, neither candidate is going to do anything for black people, which is the community I am in. So the Republican Party knows they're not going to get enough African, uh, I don't want to say African-American, they, they, the, the Republican Party isn't going to get enough black votes to feel indebted to black people to do anything politically. And mm. the Democratic Party gets so many black votes that they almost take it for granted because they who are they, who else are they going to vote for? Yeah. So 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 then they don't have to cater to us yeah. because we all they already know what's going to happen. So they don't have to say anything special. They don't have to come out against police brutality. They don't have to come out against substandard schooling, health care, uh black no, no, the, no. the economy. They don't have to say anything because wait, it's wait, already wait, given. Wait, but then I asked the then what do you think of this whole the lesser evil votes, like the whole thing of like it doesn't matter. Hillary, because Trump will basically turn, will basically end all the world. It, th- that's really that's fake. That. That's fake. There's no way that Trump would have got this far if people legitimately thought people in positions of power above the president thought that you know Trump would end the country. I mean, you might see what happened after the Brexit. You remember mm. when people? You remember when people didn't think? That uh, that the UK would leave the European Union, so then the, oh, yeah. so so then the economy kind of went down a bit. So I mean, people aren't. I don't know if people are banking on Trump, but if Trump gets elected, then maybe the economy would go down a bit, which would affect the the global economy, as it were. But it would rebound like it always does. Always and also, I kind of think I'm not. Uh, and, and I didn't take any math classes in university, nor <laughs> economics, so <laughs> I can't speak on anything like this. But I kind of think. That if you bank, like if people banked on the European or the UK leaving the European Union and nobody else thought that was going to happen and the economy goes down, there must be a way to make money out of that. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? If, if everything goes down and you invest then and, oh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and you knew it was going to happen or you had an inkling, when everything yeah. goes back up, you make money. So I kind of think that some people makes. are going to make money. Like, have you heard that film, The Big Shorts? Say it again. Have you heard of this film called The Big Shorts that came out, like, last year? No. It's similar to that, where people were sort of, like, I think they sort of, like, predicted that the housing market would all, we know when that whole, like, banking went, people actually made some money off that because they saw that, like, sort of happening. So people actually banked on that. So, yeah, no, look, there's money to be made all around, but, so the whole thing, man, look, man, nothing ever changes. The, the beauty about this is that this literally is just entertaining because Trump is so crazy. Like, Trump began 
to be a politician early this year. <laughs> and that's yeah, I mean, we... yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it is, it is, it's probably going to be entertaining. You look at it like a like a sports game almost. Yeah, but, no, but really... I don't, I don't, I don't think the result is going to have any serious bearing on what happens 20, 30 years from now. Whereas people, because people always big up things in their time to make it seem bigger than what it is. You look back and it's not really that big of a deal. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm not really fussed with it. But anyway, that's probably the kind of conversations that we'll have if we do <laughs> after talking tactics. Absolutely. No, no, no. Maybe we should like edit this tidbits and like have it like as a little like side. No, 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 no. No, let's leave it. Let's leave it in there. Let's leave All it. right. Hope you enjoyed that political slide thing, sliding. You know what? I just I realized that people might fuck with us uh, or rock with us, I should say, on, on football things. But if we start talking like political, <laughs> that's like oh, no, nah, like no, nah, I don't like these dudes. Or it could it could be like you don't like what we say about football, but maybe you agree with what we say politically, or racially, or you know, just in social matters. Yeah, I'm so about people. That's that's be interesting. Keeps like is with with the, with the whole and Kaepernick thing. People always want to keep sports and politics like separate, man. But That's they're not because people from different races and different cultures all come in this one place, and you can't just drop who you are at the door. Yeah, no, no, you, it, you, that's what I said. I, I never understand. Like, no, you can't. Like, politics is life. You know, mm. it's life. It's living. So you can't just say, "Oh no, I don't want to be thinking about politics now." No, politics is it's, it's breathing. It's when you wake up and when you sleep. It's what's how things operate. You know? I mean, yeah. Oh, it, the, the thing is, if politics controls society and sports is in society, then it stands to reason that politics will be in sports. Yeah. Does anybody say like when when people talk about education, don't put politics in education? Like that's the whole point of education is to teach you about the society and skills that will help you progress in society or not progress depending on where you live. Oh yeah. Look yeah, look, it's all part of the. Business. Oh, I'm on this thing. Double it. <laughs> but anyway. Why am I look, man? Yeah, man. This is the Talking Taxes podcast, and we which, were just which, derailed. Which, 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 which went into the political arena, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on SoundCloud. Facebook, um, all that stuff. I just I just realized a lot of people probably clicked off, so they're not going to hear these links. Subscribe on iTunes. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook. Not Tumblr. Why not Tumblr? That's, 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 that's a bit rude. What's wrong with It's dead. It'd be like having us on MySpace. Does MySpace even still exist? I think if you type it in, you can go there, but I don't know who's on there with you. Um, uh, Yeah, man. Talking Texas podcast every Tuesday. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, You know what? I almost forgot the tagline. Talking Texas podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Although although it's not always football now. Yeah, it's always football, but politics, but music, but any other stuff that we can tag on. So yeah. Always football, man. It's always gonna be Thank you guys for coming. See you guys next week. Stay safe from us. Podcast Network.